here's a tweet about James Harrison from Amy J. Quote, I really loved him, and now I really hate him. Like a husband who cheated, unquote. And again, to make clear, Harrison can do what he wants, and apparently, if Marquise Ponzi is to be believed, him going to New England is what James Harrison wanted. But just because Harrison can do what he wants doesn't mean Pittsburgh has to like it. I certainly don't have to like it, and as you may have noticed, I don't like it. And let's be honest, James Harrison doesn't need a ring. He's got to. James Harrison doesn't need money. He's made $43 million. This is about pride and ego. Harrison wants to show he can still do it. So here's a scenario. What if Harrison goes to New England and Belichick gets intel, picks his brain about the Steelers, and then Harrison doesn't play? Maybe he doesn't even get a jersey. He's inactive. Boy, that would be embarrassing for James Harrison, and that is a legit possibility. The Patriots are guessing that James Harrison can still play. The Steelers saw Harrison every day at practice all year. They know James Harrison can't play. The more I talk about this, the more I believe it's just a dink move by Belichick. Although it is a no-lose situation for the Patriots, at worst, they've embarrassed the Steelers, embarrassed Harrison, and like Marquise Ponzi said, aided and abetted Harrison ruining his legacy here in Pittsburgh. And it was probably a mistake by Tomlin because of all the superfluous noise. Noise caused by him giving respect to Harrison and doing what he wanted at the expense of the Steelers, the way it's worked out. That sick again brought to you by 84 Lumber, your hometown building partner since 1956. A few more Marquis Ponzi quotes are trickling in. Here's uh, Ponzi on Harrison giving away any company secrets to the Patriots. Quote, what's he going to tell them? The line slides left, the line slides right. Uh, that's absolutely true. Too big a deal is being made out of knowledge that Harrison might pass on to the Patriots. Uh, Anthony Ciccolo spoke out about Harrison, too. This is also on Tim Benz's Twitter. Uh, Tim asked Ciccolo, what was your relationship like with James Harrison? And Ciccolo said, um, he was a player... We were in the same linebacker room for three years. And Ben said, anything beyond that? And Chicklow said, no. Uh, Chicklow was asked if it was hard to see Harrison go. After a pause, Chicklow said, it's hard to see him go there. So this kind of ties into what you had to suspect once Harrison uh, didn't get the playing time that he might feel he was promised or deserved this year. He was tough to deal with and a pain in the ass. No surprise at all. Harrison has been a jerk and a bully his entire life. And obviously that's going to be exacerbated when things don't go exactly the way 
a jerk and bully wants. One more quote from Marquis Bonsi. He wanted that. It's not like the team said we want to get rid of James Harrison. James Harrison wanted that. So a bunch of Steelers bearing their souls today in interviews with the media. If you'd like to check out those quotes again, go to Tim Benz's Twitter page, at Tim Benz PGH. Let's go to Bill in the Jeep. Bill, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Okay, Bill hung up. Bill was going to ask, why listen to Marquise Pouncey? Well, because he's relevant. And uh, everything he said rings true. As opposed to the Steelers wanting to dump James Harrison. It's clear now to me, based on these quotes, that Harrison wanted to leave. So, Pittsburgh. There's your James Harrison, Pittsburgh. He didn't play. And he wanted out to go to the Steelers' big rival. So he could come back and screw you. That's the James Harrison you love, Pittsburgh. He's up there right now in a meeting room with Billy and Tommy, giving away all the Steelers' secrets. He's screwing you where the sun don't shine. Do you still love him now, Pittsburgh? Are you stupid enough to still love him now? Because I bet you are. I bet you're just that stupid. Not to be critical, 412-333-9939. I like that tweet from that uh, Amy J. I really loved him, and now I really hate him. He's like a husband who cheated. We got Mike Rupp at the bottom of the hour talking hockey. Here's another interesting story. This Josh Rosen, the UCLA quarterback, he's trying to discourage the Cleveland Browns from drafting him first overall. Josh, I think you're being too subtle. Don't mince words. Josh Rosen should do what Eli Manning did uh, back in his draft year. Eli Manning said, I'm not going to San Diego. Period. San Diego picked them first overall anyway. So Eli Manning pouted and he whined. And San Diego traded him to the New York Giants where Eli Manning won a couple Super Bowls. Rosen should tell the Browns exactly how he feels. Hey. I'm just not going to play for Cleveland. He doesn't have to. This is America. Workers of the world unite. Oh, wait, that's not uh, uh, America per se. That's communist Russia. Anyway, you get the idea. If Rosen doesn't want to play for Cleveland, he shouldn't. He should maneuver his way out of it, just like Eli Manning maneuvered his way out of San Diego, breaking the heart of a young Dan Potash so many, many years ago. Let's go to John in the car. John, you're on the Mark Madden Show. How you doing, Mr. Madden? What up? Hey, one thing about James Harrison. He, everybody was all proud of him when he would take his participation trophies away from his kids. Him whining and crying wanting to go to the Patriots seems a little bit uh, contradictive to that. Well, he's crying and whining because he was promised he could play and they didn't let him. Yeah. And I do believe that the original plan, like I keep saying, was to give him more snaps at midseason like they did last year. But at midseason last year, they were 4-5. and five. At midseason this year, they were in the middle of an eight-game winning streak. No reason to bench T.J. Watt at that point. Don't you agree? Oh, I would definitely keep Watt in. And as for a replay, how to fix that, what if they made it so that 
they could only replay in full speed. And they couldn't slow it down and zoom in. And that would speed up the replay and uh, make it so that they only corrected the obvious bad Interesting. Call. Interesting. It would speed up the replay minimally, but it would speed it up. Interesting concept. Not sure about it. I like the idea of going with the complete menu of replay available and just allowing it to be applied less. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Dylan in Rochester. Dylan, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Yeah, I just want to, uh, you think James Harrison's up there giving secrets. What what secrets could he possibly be giving? They have that's, like, that's like Ponzi said. What's he going to tell him? The line slides left, the line slides right. We have definitely overreacted to that and, and the effect potential. Yeah, and one more thing. I mean, if you got fired from somewhere, what would you do? Just sit there and not work? Actually, when I did get fired uh, back in uh, 2000, uh, what year was that I got fired? 2008. I did sit there and got paid for eight months, but not because of any perceived loyalty to the company that fired me. I just wanted to get paid for doing nothing for eight months. 412-333-9939. Uh, check out those Ponzi quotes. you got to see them. That's a Tim Benz's Twitter page. I am live at Buford's Kitchen. On Fifth Avenue, going to talk hockey with Mike Rupp, the ex-Penguin, at the bottom of the hour. It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.9 X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hi, uh, Mark. Sorry. I'm talking to my son. Um, no one cares at all. No one. The X at 105.9. If you're just tuning in, uh, quotes from the Steeler locker room, most noticeably from uh, Marquise Ponce and Anthony Ciccolo indicate that James Harrison wasn't happy with his role with the Steelers and did not handle it very well. The prevailing opinion seems to be that Harrison demanded and bellyached his way out of Pittsburgh and to New England. So, Pittsburgh, how do you feel now about your hero Debo, your buddy Debo, him and Tommy, the it couple now in New England, selfies with Debo. How do you feel now about Debo? Now that he's shown himself up to be the narcissist, bully, and jerk that I think he's always been apparent as. Uh, a, a couple tweets. Matt tweets, Harrison said if he wasn't going to play, he wouldn't have signed with the Steelers. We'll see if the same goes for the patch. Yeah. I don't think he's going to play much, if at all, with New England. Then again, they don't have a great pass rush. We'll see how that works out. Uh, here's one from Andrew. I wonder if Mark Madden will admit how wrong he was yesterday. Harrison was not cut because of performance. Harrison got cut because Harrison wanted to be cut. Well, gee, Andrew, you're right. Let me correct myself. Harrison was benched all season long like the scrub that he is, like the washed-up has-been that he is because of performance. But he did get cut because he wanted to be cut. I give Ponce and Chicolo, Bud Dupree, guys like that, I give them credit for sticking up for the club. Because the club did nothing wrong regarding the departure of James Harrison. And like Bud Dupree said, don't make Harrison into a victim. That's not how it was. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Let's go to... Uh, Mark and Carrick. Mark, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Mark, what's going on? 
Hey, Mark. Dude, I always thought you were the super genius, but you're wrong on this one. Dead wrong, you idiot. I mean... But I hold it. If, 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 if I'm so wrong, how come I live in a big house on the big side of town and you live in Carrick? Freaking mother yet or whatever in the hell. Or freaking who you with, Ric Flair? Oh, excuse me, excuse me, Carrick? What What'd you say, Carrick? Slam your ass. So let me Anything else, you. Carrick? Hey, how about this one? He's got our playbook. And I went to freaking... Oh, no, he's got our playbook. What are we going to do? That's so terrible. He has the playbook. We're done now for sure. Anything else, Carrick? Go back and eat your government cheese, young man. Let's go to John in the car. John, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. Listen, you mentioned before about this kid from UCLA trying to influence the Cleveland Browns uh, to not pick him in the draft. What's your opinion on these kids being able to pick and choose, a la Eli Manning, uh, not going to the Chargers? Should these kids pick and choose where they go, or should they just be grateful to be going to the NFL to play? Well, they shouldn't be grateful to go to the NFL and play because they have a rare talent that dictates they be drafted, in the case of Rosen, probably, and Eli Manning back when, uh, first overall in the draft. Uh, do I think they should be able to blow up the draft system to go where they want? No, I don't. But let me ask you this, John. If you were Josh Rosen, would you want to go play for Cleveland? No, I, no, I probably wouldn't, and I can see your point. But I just don't think that the, the, they should be able to, like you said, blow up the draft system. And did Eli Manning have an easier time of blowing up the draft system, given his father, Archie, and uh, you know Peyton being in the system before him? Well, I think that he was able to maneuver his way to the Giants because there were a lot of great quarterbacks in that year's draft. And uh, Phillip Rivers got drafted by the Giants and sent back to San Diego. Which suited San Diego just fine. Uh, Rivers has had a fine career in a Chargers uniform. Statistically, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I bet he's done better statistically than Eli Manning has. But, uh, but I, I agree with you in principle, but I would always do what's best for me if I was an athlete uh, heading into the big time for big money with the accompanying big pressure. And I would not want to play in Cleveland if I were Josh Rosen. I can't imagine anybody would want to play for the Browns. Let's go to Hank on the turnpike. Hank, you're on with the super genius. Mark, hey, listen, uh, with the circumstances of Harrison, do you think possibly the NFL orchestrated what happened just to just to boost ratings? You know, with no, the NFL didn't orchestrate anything. They don't care uh, what the 53rd guy on the Steelers does whether he wants to play for New England or, or, I mean, how would that boost the ratings? Do you really believe that nonsense, Hank? Are you really that stupid? Well, because of what happened at the end of the game, they says, you know what, there's going to be attention. Let's, let's, let's get one of the Steelers over yeah, there. Hank, Hank I, the question I wanted you to answer was, are you really that stupid? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, that's believable. Thank you for the call. Up next, we're going to talk hockey with Mike Rupp. Penguins are looking for answers. The fans are looking for answers. But I have no idea what those answers might be. We'll see what Mike Rupp thinks. The Penguins, of course, play Columbus tonight. I'm at Buford's on Fifth Avenue, right across the street from the Penguins rink, PPG Paints Arena. You can hear all the action right here tonight on 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. They're going to nail us no matter what we do, so we might as well have a good time. Toga, toga. The X at 105.9.
Here's the bottom line on James Harrison, given the comments uh, made just a bit ago by Marquise Ponce, Bud Dupree, and Anthony Ciccolo. James Harrison played his whole career thought to be this total badass that everyone in Pittsburgh should respect and be scared of. But now when he didn't get his own way, he whined like the little bitch he probably always was until the Steelers got tired of it and sent him packing. He may have postured like a man, but when things get bad, James Harrison acts like a little kid. At some point before it's all over, he'll probably welcome getting a participation trophy. Joining me now to talk hockey, Stanley Cup champ with New Jersey. You loved him with the Penguins. From the NHL Network, it's Mike Rupp. Rupper, are you surprised the Penguins haven't made a trade yet? Um, no, I'm not surprised. I think that we've seen uh, Jim Rutherford's been very patient. And he, I, I think we, I would be remiss to think that if he's going to stay pat. I, I think he's definitely going to make a move, but we saw in the past he, he's been he's been fairly patient. I mean, I think even if you look as far as the goaltending situation and, and what it could have been last year and, and what he, his options could have been as far as making a move earlier, um, I, I think he uh, certainly has something up his sleeves, but um, I'm not surprised that it's kind of been waiting for a little bit. I think you need to kind of really see what you got as far as, um, you know, are you going to – um, kind of turn the page on certain players and, and certain roles or kind of see where their ceiling is in, potentially in the lineup as far as moving around. So I think it's been uh, uh, been something where he's just been approaching very patiently, but I, I certainly expect there to be something at some point here. I agree with everything you've just said, Rupper. And uh, on top of that, I don't think a trade can fix much. I don't think a trade fixes fatigue, and I think that's by far the Penguins' biggest problem. Yeah, I, I would say I would say so. Um, that's probably uh, one of the bigger the bigger issues. Uh, I also think that I could be I could be dead wrong here, but uh, I I just think that the the trade that maybe some fans and some people want um, might not be there. Uh, it might be one of those moves where it's just. You know, adding when you're adding a player to potentially the middle of the lineup, and uh, that's something I, I think the Penguins will be doing. And, and it's it might not look to be a real sexy move, um, but those are the ones in the past payoff. Hey, listen, that Nick Benino was not a very uh, highly attractive move when it was made, but it paid off in, in huge dividends. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what what kind of things are out there. But I don't think this team's really in much of a a place where they can make a big move, um, a big blockbuster move. It's got to be a, a shot right in the middle of the lineup that can uh, that can uh, add that depth that they certainly need. You hear rumors about the Penguin shopping Chris Letang, Rupper. Would you be willing to trade Letang, and what kind of return might he bring right now? Um, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, trade a Chris Letang. I, I think that he's had some... Definitely some ups and downs this year, but uh, he he still to me is uh, an elite defenseman, and I just don't think you're going to get anything in return uh, that can can fill that hole. And um, even even if uh, the assumption being you, you traded Chris Letang that you're bringing back a defenseman at some point through a trade, uh, what does this D look like then? Um, I, I, as much as as much as I like 
Justin Schultz, and he's been fantastic since he's come to the Pens. I think he's helped maybe alleviate some of the offensive burden that, that Chris Letang shoulders on a consistent basis. Can Justin Schultz shoulder that when really he is the, um, you know, the main the main attraction on the blue line for for uh, uh, for offense? I, I don't know. I don't know if he can handle that. Um, I, I don't think that the team necessarily gets better in moving to Chris Letang. I, I totally agree. I definitely would not trade Chris Letang. And if I'm Jim Rutherford, I'm not going to trade one of my key guys. I would rather just trust the players who have won two cups to bounce back. I don't think that's such a far-fetched idea, do you? No, no. I think that they did, they did, they deserve that. They've they've earned that. Um, you know, and the the team that you have won two two cups in a row with, um, it, you just need to. They just don't look to the form that. Uh, We've seen them, and I do also. And I, and I know it's a redundant statement, but it, it's still early to the standpoint of I, this team. No team in the NHL should be at their peak right now. Um, should they be looking good? Yeah, they should be looking like they're taking steps. I don't know if this team seems to plateaued lately, but I expect after Christmas, and that's kind of been that magical time frame in the calendar where this team has really turned it around. So. I would probably say over the next couple weeks, um, you'll be able to get a good, uh, pretty a, a good temperature and a good gauge on on where this team is going to be. But they certainly deserve to to have uh, the benefit of the doubt because uh, they've been champions two years in a row. Now we mentioned fatigue earlier. How prevalent is the fatigue, and is it more mental or physical? Okay, so here, uh, there's not many guys who've been in the situation the, the Penguins have, and, and, I, and I'm one that has not, um, as far as winning two in a row, or let's say they don't even, just two players, uh, a, a team that has been to two Stanley Cup finals in a row. Um, it, for me, anytime you talk fatigue, uh, I'd say most of it is probably the mental fatigue. Um, this, this team, and, and look at a lot of the young guys on this team, Jay Gensel, Connor Sherry, um, you know, Ole Mata over his young career, they've, they've seen a lot of stuff already. And so how do you really push, you know, see that emergency button kind of blinking red right now when it's not really that because they've seen, they've been in certain situations. They've gone in those playoff grinds. They've come through on the other side. So as much as you want to wake everybody up and get everybody going and play a desperate brand of hockey, it's just not that right now. So I, I think it's a mental thing where you have to find a way. Just make sure that your game is heading in the right direction. You're not plateauing. You're not letting bad habits sneak in your game. Um, that, to me, is, is, is probably the biggest thing. Maybe the, the fatigue the fatigue might go with a, a player like a Sidney Crosby or Evgeny Malkin because those guys are getting, you know, hit, chopped, whacked every chance they can, and they're playing the heavy minutes. So um, maybe for the superstars, but the rest of the guys, man, that's a that's a bogus excuse. It's a, it's a mental thing at this point. We're talking to Mike Rupp. He's brought to you by Auto Palace Porsche. Uh, here's a weird number, Rupper, and I can't explain it. Sid has three 515 goals all year. That's just dumbfounding, isn't it? That's nuts. I saw that the other day, and I was... Thinking to myself, I mean, this guy had what do you have, twenty-five, five-on-five goals or something last year or something, something crazy. He was, he was up there, and um, that's big. 
that's really big. So, you know, this is a team um, you need. To, if you're going to be one of the top echelon teams, you got to be able to produce five-on-five. Five. And um, to have the, the best players still um, in the world that, that's having trouble doing that, that, that kind of speaks for the team as well. So, uh, you know, you, you see all the different ways he does. He scores a lot of goals around the net. Why doesn't that work five and five? You know, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just this this tough stretch he's under. I mean, his numbers aren't where they were last year for goal scoring. So I, I would expect that to change a little bit. But I think that that speaks to the the five on five play. The biggest thing I noticed with this Penn's team and DK um, and I talked about it on the show last week was the the hot the hot topic and the hot thing you talk about this year is the Vegas Golden Knights. When you watch that team play. Their forechecking, their tenacity, getting on pucks, five-on-five play, that's that's what the Penguins did, and they're, they don't have that this year as far as that edge to their game. And that's a nice weapon to have in your bag when you're dogging pucks, forcing teams to make turnovers. It creates instant offense, and they just seem to be a step behind this year, and, and they're not that team. Can they be? Yeah, because they got pretty much the same personnel. Um, for whatever reason, it's just not desperate enough right now. Well, in that vein... As you mentioned, the Penguins have played at a breakneck pace the last two years. Can they do that indefinitely, or should Mike Sullivan maybe slow things down a bit tactically? Um, you know what? I I don't know if it's slowing it down. I I think almost to the degree of, you know, I I remember, um, you know, and I can only speak from from my experience, but under under uh, Dan Bilesma. You always heard him saying, go north. Get north as quick as you can. And I feel like sometimes when offenses are maybe struggling to get in their groove, you tell guys, hey, this is where you make a read. If, you know, if your defenseman has clear possession, all three guys got to be on the same page. Just go. Put, it on, put that onus on that defenseman to get that puck out. Whether he delivers it on your tape or goes off the glass, gets it to space, this team needs to get going on the rush a little bit more and I guess to, I guess what my point would be is have a little more cheat in your game I think I would allow them to make the right reads the right game time decisions to to cheat a little bit and you know because I think the the big thing that many people would say is all right well hey we're not scoring right now so let's lock it down a little more defensively let's come back in our zone more that's going to make it worse because now you're working even harder to generate your offense as long as you pick your right spots and it's the right time of game and the, you know with the game situation, start flying, guys. You got to get guys in the open ice and feeling their speed again, and and I think that'll go a long way mentally to feeling like, hey, we're still a fast team. We could generate offense off the rush. Um, it, 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 it'll be interesting, but I, I think it's actually add a little bit more cheating to the game. Could could uh, could it could reap some benefits from it? Why have guys just stopped scoring? How's that happen between? For example, Hagelin and Rush, they have one goal in their last 40 games. Those guys are better than that, Rupper. How does that happen? Um, I think it happens for those guys uh, in particular, not potentially playing consistently with 87 and 71. Um, when those guys, not that Carl Hagelin's been, you know, lighting the lamp, the whole time he's been in Pittsburgh, but you know that his best time was obviously playing with Phil and and uh, Nick Benino, and, and those guys are pretty darn good. Brian Rust can create that offense when he's playing up on those lines. He creates a lot of other things on the ice, but let's not forget 
are we looking at these guys with a different set of lenses? Because um, we kind of should be, because if they're not playing on the Latang, or not Latang, uh, Crosby Malkin line, I'm not sure these guys are self-sustained goal scorers, you know? And I don't know if they're going to generate on a consistent basis. So they almost have a different role when they're slotted in, and they both have been at different times, you know, on that third line and kind of moving around the lineup. So I think that's why they need a big piece on that third line, and maybe that goes back to even before, and I'm not saying that's the move right now. Having the big three on three separate lines has allowed other players to be good around them and add some depth on a team, maybe when there really isn't that much depth. So um, maybe this is what you have with those players when they're not playing with those top guys. Here's the big question, Rupper. Will the Penguins make the playoffs? Right now it's up for grabs. Yeah, they'll make it in. I, I, I definitely think they make it in. And uh, you know what? They're a team, I still sit here and I think to myself, even at the rate they're playing today, who wants to play them in a seven-game series? Nobody. Who Would I pick against them in a seven-game series? There's no team in the Eastern Conference besides probably Tampa right now that I would say. And I would expect the Penguins to be a lot better down the stretch and into the playoffs, so I might change my opinion on that. But uh, I, I do think that this team will be okay. Um, the pedigree and the winning uh, pedigree is too too high. I think they'll uh, turn it around. And, hey, we just passed uh, Christmas, so we might be seeing a whole new different Penguins team down the stretch here. Rupert, great stuff as always. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. That's Mike Rupp. He's brought to you by Auto Palace Porsche. Make every day a Porsche day with the new Macan. Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, Marquise Ponce, Bud Dupree, and Anthony Ciccolo kind of gave James Harrison a kick in the ass on his way out the door. I'll repeat those quotes, especially the ones by Ponce, in just a moment. And I want to hear what you have to say about Harrison apparently forcing his way to New England. That this being something he wanted and that the Steelers released him just to shut him up and give him his way as opposed to not thinking he couldn't play football anymore or actually if they thought he could play he'd get more snaps but Harrison wanted out and the players all said so today how you feel about that 105.9 X. and now the super genius Mark Madden Mark big fan big fan good show like the uh, entertainment there'd be candy bars lollipops and the occasional nickel DX at 105.9 the Steelers' locker room struck out with great vengeance today against the notion that James Harrison was forced out of town. Here's the Reader's Digest version from Bud Dupree's Twitter, and I quote, Everybody acting like Debo a victim, you all need to fall off a cliff or get the facts. And then uh, Marquise Ponce provided those facts to uh, Tim Benz, who interviewed him for the Trib. And Ponzi really did just destroy James Harrison. He said in so many words that Harrison took the cowardly way out by not owning up to the fact that he wanted to leave the Steelers. Uh, Ponzi said that Harrison erased his own legacy. And then he said, quote, he wanted to go. It's funny to read the stories. It's something he wanted to do. He needs to come out and admit that. If you don't want to be here, just come out and say it. Don't make it seem like it's the team's decision. You think the team wants to get rid of James Harrison? Come on now. The team didn't do anything. If I wanted out, I wouldn't let the team take the blame. 
That's me as a man. I'm glad the team is being respectful, but we are going to speak the truth. And then Ponzi on if Harrison, uh, the potential for him giving away uh, Steelers secrets to the Patriots, Ponzi said, what's he going to tell him? The line slides left, the line slides right, unquote. And then Ponzi, uh, one more quote, he wanted that. It's not like the team said, we want to let go of James Harrison. James Harrison wanted that. So there you go. Harrison was not a victim. He wanted out. The Steeler locker room has turned on him with great ferocity. Uh, Anthony Ciccolo was asked what his relationship was like with Harrison. Ciccolo said um, he was a player. Um, we were in the same linebacker room for three years. Not exactly a ringing endorsement. Uh, when Ciccolo was asked anything beyond that, Ciccolo said no. And when Ciccolo was asked, is it hard to see him go? Ciccolo said it's hard to see him go there. And make no mistake, the Steelers are pissed that Harrison wind his way to New England, wind his way to the old enemy, wind his way to the team that just beat them and usually beats them and very likely will beat them again. I'll tell you what, if Marquise Ponzi was here, I'd kiss him just on the cheek. I wouldn't make out. Uh, same with Chicago Bud Dupree because they have exposed James Harrison for the narcissistic, egomaniacal bully and jerk he's been since day one. Took everybody else a long time to figure that one out, but uh, that's what James Harrison has always been. He's been blown up. And where are all his fans now here in Pittsburgh? Where are all the James Harrison, the number 92 jersey wearers? What do you think of James Harrison now that the Steelers, the locker room, his ex-teammates have blown him up? I don't like it. I love it. I said something earlier that's got a little bit of a, a little bit of heat on Twitter. Antonio Brown today was voted the MVP of the Steelers by his teammates. How can you not agree with that? The guy's had a phenomenal season. He's the best wide receiver in football. That's the third time AB's won it. Now, I do think it's unusual that Ben Roethlisberger has only won that award once. He's the greatest Steeler quarterback of all time, but he was only team MVP as voted on by the locker room just once. That was back in 2009. So if you look at, at the MVP choices since the turn of the millennium, only twice has a white guy won the Steelers MVP award. That was Ben in 09 and uh, Heath Miller, the tight end, won a bit more recently. I'm not saying that's because the Steelers vote along racial lines when they pick their MVP. I'm just saying that despite having a Hall of Fame quarterback and the franchise's best QB of all time, a white guy has only won the Steeler MVP as voted on by the predominantly black locker room twice since the turn of the millennium. Not suggesting anything at all. That is just a cold, hard fact. Let's go to Tim in the car. Tim, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Mark. Um, what up? About James Harrison, I mean, I'm not too sad to see him go. He hasn't really had a decent season in five seasons. He's been like a less than mediocre linebacker, in my opinion. 
but um, when well, no, you see, then, that, then you're 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 following your argument by saying stuff that isn't true. James Harrison, once he got in the lineup last year, was tremendous. Uh, I feel very confident that if he could still play, he would have been playing more this year, but he was real good last year, bro. Oh, he had five sacks. Yeah, playing half a season. Double that, that equates to ten. Goodbye. I gave you your chance to not sound stupid. You persisted in sounding stupid. And go sell stupid somewhere else, because we're all full up here on the Mark Madden Show. Can't wait till football's over. We could just talk hockey. 412-333-9939. That's 412-333-WXDX. This Harrison talk, boy, it's got legs. Not going away anytime soon. It is a boon to uh, sports radio, to be sure. I may well send my buddy Debo a thank you note. Let's go to John in Monroeville. John, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. I just had a question. I just wondered if you think that Ben deserves to win the team MVP this year. Uh, this year, no. All right, fair enough. I, I mean, but, but you, let me ask you a question. You hung up. Do you think Ben Roethlisberger should have been team MVP more than once in his career? Because I think he should have. Let's go to Rob in White Oak. Rob, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. What up? What do you think about um, James Harrison's legacy after this whole story blows over? I think in the immediate future it's going to be mud here in Pittsburgh. But I think once we get a couple years clear of this, people will remember the 100-yard interception return and him being the career sack leader. And it'll go back to where it uh, always should have been. Now, what I wonder is, does this keep him from retiring as a stealer? Because it definitely should. Does it keep him from being in the ring of honor? <clears throat> Hall of honor, whatever, because it definitely should not. He, he should be in the Hall of Honor for contribution over the length of his career, but this little side trip to New England should keep him from retiring as a Steeler. To bring him back and let him retire as a Steeler, shaking hands with everybody, that would come off as just really phony and duplicitous. 412-333-9939. In just 30 seconds, I'm going to talk about some Steeler fans who have proven themselves to be more James Harrison fans. I'm live at Buford's on 5th Avenue, 105.9 The X.